you know, I think a lot of people get fixated on, they, they, they think they've missed the mark, you know, cause it was incredibly busy and there was a hot period of time from, I would say January, February, and then it started mid, to mid January to kind of the third week of February. Yeah. And then it started to stabilize a bit. About five weeks there, there was no inventory right across the GTA, very few listings. And uh, now there's, um, I would say about uh, four times the amount of inventory. All right. Hello. Welcome to episode 178. Or like Adrian likes to say, 178 of KT or one 178 of KT Confidential. All the, the real, All the same. The Real Estate Podcast. We are your host. I'm Ariel Cremendi. He's Adrian Trott. Let me uh, just bring light to an important thing you brought up yesterday. I don't know if you were accounting for today's video, but we have now done how many? Consecutive eight, eight years, years of consecutive weekly videos. Pretty crazy. I'd say so. Congratulations. If you, think, if you think about it, eight years ago, how behind the real estate industry as a whole was in terms of technology. And uh, yeah, we were pumping out weekly videos eight years ago and we have not stopped. We have not missed a week through vacations, through sicknesses, through childbirths, through deaths, through ups and downs of the market. You name it. Every week we're bringing you good content, whether you're a realtor, an investor, a buyer, a seller, a landlord, a tenant. We bring it all to you every week. Lots of insight from this wisdom that's oozing out of our pores. And we just want to share it with you. Just uh, wake up every morning, just dying to talk about real estate. I do. That's good. I, don't, I don't know if you're being sarcastic or not with that comment, but uh, I do. I love <laughs> no, I mean, talking about live, real estate. Breathe, bleed real estate. It's um, fact of the matter is I wake yes. up every morning and have my coffee and get caught up on texts and emails that I got overnight. So I am forced to talk real estate right Which from last morning night, till night. As you alluded to in our group chat with the team today was a lot of messages coming in, which tells us the market is still happening. There's still things going on. It's just shifting a little bit. But last night we had a ton of people inquiring about some of our coming soon properties. So there's interest out yeah. there for those of you wondering if there's uh, if the market's declining or if there's just a lack of interest, there's definitely buyers out there. It's interesting you should say that because I do believe there is this uh, dynamic happening of a balanced, balanced market. But at the same time, the buyers that kind of sat on the sidelines for the last few weeks are starting to heat up again. And we are now starting slowly to see fewer listings on a daily basis. And I think my prediction uh, is going to be right from a few podcasts ago that we did with the team in that over the next few weeks now, we will see some of the current inventory diminishing and potentially again, as we head into the summer months, as we go into June, July, um, a lack of inventory and then uh, back to crazy bidding wars because of a lack of supply. So um, anyway, today 
is kind of a relevant topic to that discussion. So it's a good segue here. Uh, We're talking about mortgage rates. And don't all stand up and get excited right away. Yes. Well, it's funny because that, uh, Adrian, I think uh, you're going to read a couple of paragraphs from uh, an email that you got or that we got from uh, one of the RBC advisors that we've uh, spoken to over the years, uh, more a mortgage specialist. Yeah. And I asked you uh, getting topics, topic ideas or titles of the podcast and i said what's what's the subject line in the email and and the subject was mortgage rates so that's what we're talking about um i i kind of liked what you joked about earlier well what was it the the title of it about yeah gloom something about how yeah i mean mortgage update was the the actual subject of the email a mortgage update we yeah. were joking, saying, "Well, that's not that's not very uh, that's not going to grab much attention." So, alternatively, let's flip that around to uh, something along the lines of um, the real estate market is doomed in 2022 because of plum or hiking raising raising the mortgage rates or something a little bit more eloquent than that, but something to grab people's attention. Um, but yeah, it was it was a well written email. Um, Gives, it's nice to have people around us that are informing us of what's going on. Uh, so this particular mortgage specialist is uh, Dave Thompson, who works with RBC. And I've known him since high school. We went to high school together. But between him... How many people did you go to high school with? Because every week it seems like you're getting in touch or somebody's getting in touch with you that you went to high school isn't that with. funny? Because I, I, I mean, I, I probably attended fifty percent of my classes. I, I, I avoided high school like the plague. I hated it. Were you I, a cool kid in high school? No, I was a loner. I, I always kept to myself. I had a little core group of people. There, you know, there was two different groups of people I hung out with in high school over the span of however many years it was. Um, one group in the beginning was people I went to church with. And the other group later on was people that I worked at McDonald's with. And right. many of those people I'm still in touch with. But no, I was never a cool kid. I was never on a, the football team or I was in the band in middle school. So, I mean, kids in the band aren't usually cool kids. I don't know. I think that's changed now, right? I think if uh, perhaps you're, yeah. a, you're a musician now, uh, you're probably in cool category status i don't know well i don't yeah, know perhaps i mean i played the trumpet how cool define, the trumpet is. define cool in high school right i right. mean um as long as uh you know if you feel comfortable in your own skin that's my definition of i think for cool. me and i think that's the hardest thing to do in high school 100 is for me it was um i mean perhaps there was a i was known by a number of people because i had two brothers and we were all in high school at the same time. So you've got, you know, grade nines, grade tens and grade twelves, all different groups of people know about your siblings. So the trot brothers, the trot brothers. That's right. Anyways, forget so about Dave those Thompson days. sent, sent Dave an Thompson, email. He actually called me a couple of weeks earlier asking about how I'm, 
what we're experiencing because they, you know, they see it on their side, they see what's happening, but they, and they hear a lot of stuff from their clients as they're closing on deals. So as they're getting these people coming through the doors, uh, talking about their experience selling their house as they're signing off on their mortgage paperwork, uh, you know, it intrigued Dave in this case to call me and find out what we're experiencing uh, because, you know, we're transacting um, at, at a different level on in the industry. He's, well, they, uh, they rely on us for the uh, the blue collar stuff in that sense, right? Like exactly. They, they get the intel from the streets. Yes. Well, we us. talked about it last week or the week before about how uh, when the media starts talking about the, the state of the market, it's already changed. Mm-hmm. because it's usually a month behind because they're waiting to see the statistics come out for the previous month. And by then the market is often very different. Sometimes it could be uh, on the upswing or it could have dropped out from under them. They have no idea. Um, right. Actually, something popped up on my screen a minute ago. I didn't see it um, in detail, but it caught my eye and it was something about an, an update on a news article of some sort. And it said something along the lines of prices are down, but still up about $200,000 on average from March of last year. Yeah, um, still up 18%. I, I saw that uh, article yeah. come through this morning. Because of the results, the results are finally in for, for March. Yes. Uh, prices were down, but still up 18% year over year. Yeah. So, you know, I think a lot of people get fixated on, they, they, they think they've missed the mark, you know, cause it was up, it was incredibly busy and there was a hot period of time from, I would say January, February. And then it started mid, to mid January to kind of the third week of February. Yeah. And then it started to stabilize a bit about five weeks there. There was no inventory right across the GTA, very few listings. Yeah. And uh, now there's, um, I would say, about uh, four times the amount of inventory. Yeah. Well, I remember at one point I looked and there was in Milton, where we do a lot of transactions, there was about 50 houses on the market at one point, if not less. And now in almost every segment, there's about 50. Like, you know, there's... Correct. 50 towns, 50 cities, some odd two-story towns, 30 some odd three-story towns. So... Um, I, I actually prefer, I like this market because it's a bit more balanced, um, or much more balanced as long as you have a good supply of buyers and sellers. Yep. I agree. You're going to read some of this email, by the way, for those of you listening or watching, this is episode 178 of KT confidential, the real estate podcast. Thank you for watching and listening as always drop us a comment and a like. So you don't miss out on the next eight years of weekly content. You think we could do it? Oh my God. Eight, a lot of, six, yeah. 16 years every week. Yeah. Let's, let's yeah. ramp it up. Let's do two videos a week. All right. Let's get, uh, let's get Joe into uh, a Monday and a Thursday rotation or something. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the premise of the email is just talking about the, um, current state of uh, interest rates, how they've changed since September, uh, how they're forecasting to change on April 13th, I think is the next update Correct. from the Bank of Canada. And there's uh, people projecting another 
a quarter percent increase. There's others projecting a half percent increase. So we'll see. We'll see what happens on the 13th. A lot of, of rumblings that it's going up half a percent. Yes. Uh, well, this will be. Well, this will be published on the 11th. So just two days later, we'll know. Um, basically, we're just looking at where the rates were in September relative to where they potentially will be in a week's time. And I'll read a couple of paragraphs here to give people an understanding for what that increase potentially means in dollars and cents in your monthly expenses on your mortgage payment or your affordability, what you can actually afford to buy now. So um, the monthly payment on a million dollar mortgage when rates were at 1.94, which was September of last year, over a 30 year amortization or about 3,650 bucks. So if that increases at the higher rate of about a half percent next week, it'll be around 3.89%. The same mortgage over 30 years goes from 3,650 to 4,700. So it's just over a thousand bucks a month. So that's a good chunk, a good chunk of change. Um, alternatively, as it affects your buying power, if you can afford 3,650 bucks monthly, that previously was a million dollar mortgage. Now it's a mortgage of 785,000. So about a quarter million dollars in buying power. That is a lot of money. It is most definitely. And I think it, it impacts each segment of real estate a bit differently. I think at the higher end, like the luxury homes, I've, in many cases, it has very little impact on it. Um, and then as you get into the average homes, the townhouses, the condos, in some cases, it heats up other segments because it's pushing people down, in many cases, to a new category of home. And in some cases, that creates more competition. Well, I think what happens is realization kicks in for a lot of buyers. Yeah. or a lot of people looking to make a move. It will take some people out of the market completely. Yes. I'm just going to say mm -hmm. that. And it likely is going to mostly affect the people that were hoping to move up and move up enough to make it worth them moving. So as yeah. an example, if you own a single car garage, detached home, you know, 1700 square foot home, you finish the basement. So you got enough space, but you'd like something bigger because now you got a couple kids and you would love a double car garage. These are all wants, not needs. And I can see that segment saying to themselves, well, you know, now we can't afford the 2600 square foot double car garage home we're just going to stay where we are because it doesn't make sense to upgrade now. Right. Uh, having said that, if anybody's downsizing, um, then that could heat up that townhouse market. And um, I think the condo market will heat up because they're the most affordable types of properties you can purchase. So when those happen, it, it has that trickle up effect too, right? Because now all of a sudden, okay, the townhome market is heating up, which means now the next step up, single detached homes with a single car garage, 
that's going to heat up and it's going to start driving the prices up again. So it'll be interesting to see how um, the consumer's reaction uh, will be. Yes. But at the end well, of the day, I don't think it's going to result in that in that big of an impact that we will see a significantly lower volume of sales. I don't think we've ever, I mean, whenever there's mortgage rate changes, we've always, there's a lot of, there's always a ton of speculation about, oh, it's going to have a profound impact on the market. Just let's wait and see what happens. Rarely does it. I mean, we haven't seen it for a couple of years period, but before that we did see incremental increases. I don't remember what years they would have been, but uh, over the course of a couple of years, we saw some pretty steady, consistent incremental in increases of about a quarter percent uh, each time. And rarely, it may have been a very slight blip in the market where people were just feeling out what was going to happen, but rarely did it have an impact overall. So what is your thought on, with the rates going up, Do you think we will see more buyers, more people obtaining mortgages that are fixed rate versus variable because of their fear that the rates are going to continue to increase? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, depends. I think it depends on the mortgage broker and what their thoughts are. That's true. They the often, advice that they're getting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, historically, I believe variable has uh been the way to go um the variable is not as attractive now as it was i think uh in dave's email actually he mentioned i don't know exactly what it was oh i don't see it anyways uh the reduction on the pr on prime rate on the variable mortgages is less than it used to be um as well but I, we went through a period of time where fixed rates were less than 2%. Like that's when people should have been locking in. Um, now, obviously it's not the case. It's going to be near double that. So, you know, I, I don't know. That's a good question. I think variable rates still could be a good way to go, but. Well, my caution to a lot of people now will be, especially coming out of, maybe uh, this pandemic and, and everything COVID related, if offices start opening up again and companies start telling you to come back to the office to work, or if you have any life changes that's happened, like we all know everybody's been locked up for a couple of years. Some babies had been made, some divorces had been started, separations aplenty. Um, so if you have to break that mortgage and it's a fixed rate, it's going to cost you lots, especially yes. early in the term. Very so, much so, you know, a, the nice thing about a variable mortgage is you pay your three month interest penalty and, um, and you're free to free to shop. I think, I think, well, I'm, I'm working with a particular buyer right now who said to me, Last time I was out shopping, it was more about size and the glamour and the, you know, all the nice finishes. And this time it's more about affordability and recognizing that I can, I can live happily with much less than what I originally 
was seeking. Interesting. Um, so they're more focused on the price point and having a life outside of their house. And I think I think that's important. I think the raise the rising rates will force people to think that way too. And I think naturally they will start thinking that way. Like, okay, well, what am I going to do when I have to renew my mortgage in a couple of years if the rates are two percent higher? How on earth will I afford it? Um, so. I am very curious, and maybe we should ask your sister-in-law, Erin, who is a realtor in the Huntsville area. Um, I'm really curious to see how this, and me being a cottage owner, how this is going to affect the cottage market. Because yeah. now all of a sudden, um, you know, at the beginning of the year, the prices of residential properties were going up and up and up, but now they're scaling back a bit. Uh, and the rise in interest rates are making, um, just putting putting pressure on your monthly expenses if you have sure. a secondary property, especially yeah. if you're not renting it out. Yeah. So I'm curious to see how that affects the cottage market. I think a lot of people are buying secondary properties like a cottage. I had one of my uh, family members contact me a few days ago and said that they're interested in buying a um, quote unquote vacation property, um, something that they could rent out on Airbnb and then use it a few weeks of the year themselves. Um, I think we'll see a lot more rentals or demand for rentals in that segment i just don't think we're going to see a lot of now people like me having a cottage as their summer home um, no i think why well, I, I mean a lot of people will say and when we when i talk cottages i'm thinking specifically waterfront i think a lot of people will say that that segment is a pretty safe bet because you have very limited there's a finite number of lots available. And while there's truth to that, I don't think any segment of any industry period is exempt from risk. Um, and I think where the cottage industry could be impacted is I would guess that the vast majority of people are either multiple family members buying together or leveraging equity in their existing primary residence uh, in order to afford this vacation home. So right. should they uh, be in a position where they have to refinance uh, because their mortgage is due and the rate, the costs just don't become feasible anymore. Um, I think you could see potentially something shift up there. Maybe there will be an opportunity to if, get in. If I ever sold real estate in cottage country, one of my biggest pieces of advice to buyers would be do not buy it with family members. <laughs> well, I bet there's tons of that going on. Probably. Yeah. Probably. So it's going to be a lot of uh, unhappy people in those families at some point. Let me tell yeah. you. Well, and I, I, my, I don't know. I guess I wonder how many of those buyers were purchasing with intentions of using them as rentals in order to offset some of the costs versus using it themselves. Maybe it was a mix of the two. But if things change, then you may see an influx of rentals um, up there because people just can't afford to use them. 
right? Maybe that's maybe or that's can't what they agree when to use them. <laughs> well, that yeah, definitely that becomes an issue with. Oh, you want it Civic Long Weekend? I want it Civic Long Weekend. Oh, yeah. we're not going to agree. Fine, we'll rent it. Yeah, yeah. Hey, why haven't you contributed uh, your two thousand bucks to the joint account this month? Yeah. Hey, we got to cut down three trees. That'll be three grand. Where's your fifteen hundred? Yeah. Yeah. No. Stuff like you. that happens. For sure, it does. Um, and the reason I I question that is because, you know, you're talking about people's equity. You know, their net worth. And when people see their equity and net worth starting to diminish, certainly on a secondary property, do they then second guess the ownership of that? Or if they're considering buying, do they consider um, not buying? And if that happens, see, this is my mad wheel spinning. If that happens and the GTA decides, we're not that interested in cottages this year. We'd rather get a bigger home, maybe one with a pool or one with a bigger backyard and put the money into our primary residence. And now with the mortgage mortgage rates up and the payments up, we have no choice. We can't do two properties, but we can do one nice one. Well, the other part of it is it'll be interesting to see what new things are implemented into um, like the various um, during the last election, there was all, all of the campaigns revolved around real estate affordability. And there was a number of things proposed, one of which I think would have a big impact on it. I don't know the exact details of it, but it was something along the lines of not being able to use home equity as your down payment or a smaller portion of it being able to come from that. That would that would have a big impact on it because that's where everybody's getting their money. I'm working with investors all the time who are just leveraging equity in their home to buy rental properties. Yeah. I don't see that change coming. I don't, I, I can't see that happening at all. I can because they're trying to make real estate more affordable for homeowners, not investors. So when you eliminate the ability to do that. But if you eliminate investors, you're also, you're also eliminating, uh, rental properties but they're also focusing on encouraging people to build um purpose-built rentals yeah which they have one going up in brampton somewhere so that uh, that i mean that's a much more feasible way of accommodating you know you start this conversation this is like a conversation we should have over a couple bottles of wine because then i start going into schools we talked about high school yeah. Why aren't high schools teaching children how to invest in real estate and how well, invest, to become period. how to become owners, homeowners? Well, I don't think I don't I don't think they should teach how to become homeowners as much as they should have not? financial literacy courses. I think sure. Florida was just the first state to officially uh, add a financial literacy course to their curriculum. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, it goes back to the foundation of of people, right? So yeah. you could have this conversation with 10 different people and have 10 different views and opinions on it. 
but the whole educational process, I think there's a big, big hole. Maybe at some point in time, probably past our future, people won't own homes. There will be these, maybe, maybe it'll be in outer space. There'll be these big space stations and you just get a pod. That's your, that's where you live. It's government paid pod. And this is not the Jetsons brother. Hey, it's I'm, I'm way ahead of my time. It will happen. When, when you come back in the future life as a tree, you'll be able to watch it all happen. That's right. Uh, episode 178. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, anything that you want us to talk about in future episodes, leave us a comment. Love to hear from you. Anything else you want to add? Oh, that's it. Part? That's it. I appreciate everybody tuning in. Subscribe so you get notified of the upcoming episodes every Monday morning. There you go. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Episode 178, KT Confidential, the real estate podcast.